America. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome back to America First. I'm your host, JWR. We have a few things to talk about today. Before we get into that, let's we have a weekly segment of Today in History. Today in History, in 1942, a new war effort was started across the country with the new initiative of Scrap Days, encouraging every American to help the war effort by giving scrap consisting of metal and old clothing to the nearest scrap merchant who will then be able to provide much-needed raw materials for the war effort. As part of the effort, people were encouraged to donate old keys that are no longer used or that were no longer used in a keyhole for victory effort so they can be turned into tanks, guns, and ships. We still donate and recycle today, so seems to, you know, still be going. I don't I mean obviously it doesn't go to that stuff anymore, but you know, I mean, you never know. Anyway, on to the news. First, a new report revealed Philadelphia has surpassed 400 homicides this year alone. During a press briefing on Monday, Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner addressed the milestone after at least four people were killed and 10 others were wounded over the weekend. Krasner said only 29% of homicides and 15% of non-fatal shootings resulted in arrests. He added he has turned his attention towards city officials for not taking action. Like everyone I know in Philadelphia, I am outraged by this. My executive team is outraged, Kresner stated. Our staff is outraged, and we are all looking for partners for collabor or partners for collaborators and for answers in community and in government. We are we are and have been looking to work together to solve this problem. In addition, Mayor Jim Kenney announced plans to roll out a $155 million spending plan to help non-governmental organizations reduce violence in the city. So all you Philadelphians, stay safe out there. And uh, take care of yourselves. Next, the National Transportation Safety Board has remained on scene of a trail dera uh, train derailment which killed three people and left several others hospitalized in Joplin, Montana. Uh, the agency has been investigating what caused the Amtrak passenger train, which was carrying over 100 people, to derail as it was traveling westbound from Chicago to Seattle on Saturday. In a press conference Monday, Vice Chairman of the NTSB, Bruce Langsburg, uh, said 14 specialized investigators will be looking into the cause of the accident, Landsberg stressed they are considering all possible factors that may have led to the incident, although cannot pinpoint as to what caused the tragic derailment. We have not ruled anything out at this point, he stated. We have ruled everything in. The 10-car train with two locomotives was traveling westbound from Chicago on Saturday when eight cars derailed. The derailment occurred on a gradual right-hand curve, and it occurred prior to reaching the switch that is there for a sl uh, that's there for sighting, Landsberg explained. NTSB will remain at scene of the crash throughout the investigation. Officials of the agency 
said they expected to release a report on the crash within 30 days. Meanwhile, five passengers remain hospitalized in stable condition. So again, you know, riding on trains is fun, very nostalgic, and uh, has a lot of views and stuff. But, uh, you know, just be safe. Next, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia is taking a play out of Florida's playbook and offering bonus checks to first responders. He announced the new program on Monday, which will use federal funds to provide $1,000 bonuses to more than 80,000 uh, first responders. The funds for the bonuses will come from the state's $4.8 billion COVID-19 Relief Act. Police officers, firefighters, and other emergency responders will receive the checks as recognition by the state of the sacrifice and dedication they have shown amid the coronavirus pandemic. As long as I am governor and as long as these members of the General Assembly here with me today continue to serve under this gold dome, we stand without public safety or we stand with our public safety officials, period, Kemp stated. Uh, the program will also provide a $300 stipend for volunteer firefighters. Meanwhile, emergency response agencies will be able to apply th uh, through the Governor's Office of Planning and Budget, uh, which will be accepting applications from October 1st through December 31st. Next. Texas border counties have teamed up to sue Joe Biden over his failure to protect the southern border. On Tuesday, Val Verde County Commissioner uh, Bo Nettleton said Biden would be held accountable for his oath to defend the country. Nettleton, along with several other officials in Val Verde County, uh, voted unanimously to take legal action over the border crisis. It's time that we get together with other countries and cities along the border and stand up to do something, said Nettleton. He discussed the issues facing the counties not long ago, pointing to the thousands of illegal immigrants that had gathered in makeshift tents under the Del Rio border bridge. Nettleton stressed Biden's weak approach to the border is responsible for chaos like the one he described. We had 50% of the population of this city sitting underneath our international bridge, said Nettleton. Uh, how is a town of this size with our tax base supposed to deal with that problem? Nettleton said he's hopeful that at the very least the lawsuit will draw more attention to the crisis at the border. Next, top U.S. military leaders were grilled on Capitol Hill over the, their roles in the Afghanistan crisis. On Tuesday, the U.S. Senate Armed Service, uh, Services Committee heard testimony from Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, Secretary of Department of Defense, Lloyd Austin, and CENTCOM Commander General Kenneth McKenzie. I want to emphasize all of us here, every one of us answers to the American people, asserted Senator Marsha Blackburn of uh, Tennessee. They deserve transparency and information regarding the administration's botched and disgraceful withdrawal. Senators from both sides agreed the withdrawal from Afghanistan was handled ineffectively by putting the lives of American troops in jeopardy and diminishing America's strategic position in the region. However, the military heads argued they prepared for every possible outcome except for an immediate collapse of the Afghan army 
and the rapid power shift leaning toward the Taliban. In terms of specific planning, especially with respect to NEO, we plan for a contested environment or an uncontested environment requirement to evacuate a moderate amount of people versus a large amount of people, Austin stated. There was a range of possibilities that we addressed. Republicans in the upper chamber didn't buy the defense as they pointed to the 13 dead American service members and mounting threats from the Taliban. Several senators also took aim at the administration's move to evacuate the military from the country before getting out civilians with ties to the U.S. government. In addition, General Mealy tried to direct blame at the intelligence committee, uh, community. He claimed there were many intelligent reports pointing to a possible overtake by the Taliban happening in 2022 at the latest. Uh, during the grill, there was said Senator Joss Hawley said, General Milley, let me direct this to you. Did you ever advise in the interagency inter inter process that the rapid withdrawal timeline that the White House and Pentagon signed off on, General Milley proposed, effectively getting us to zero by the middle of July, that that would negatively impact any effort to get out our civilians? In which General Milley replied, yeah, but it's more complicated than that. Um, however, he added, some of the assessments assisted, or assessments estimated the Afghan government would fall within 11 days in August. The top general affirmed the Biden White House used, to low, used the low threat prediction to set the withdrawal date to or August 31st. And the intel assessments... Uh, had two basic things in my view it was the scale and scope plus the speed all the intel assessments all of us got that wrong my, uh, Millie expressed there's no question about it that was a swing and a miss of the intel assessment of 11 days in August there was no there's nobody who called that Holly pointed out throughout the crisis the Biden administration was talking about talking out of both sides of their mouths by saying everything was under control when the situation was actually chaotic. He added he believed this strategy was employed to cultivate a positive image to the press. At the same time, we had a rapidly deteriorating, frankly disastrous situation in Afghanistan, which resulted in the death of 13 soldiers, including one of my own state, Holly asserted. I think this mission was a, cat a catastrophe. I think there's no other way to say it, and there has to be accountability. I, I respectfully submit it should begin with you. Meanwhile, the military leaders vowed to pick up the pieces of the failed withdrawal and set their sights on combating the increasing threat of transnational terrorist activity. Next. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with his counterpart from the Dominican Republic. Blinken met with the Dominican Republic's Foreign Minister Roberto Alvarez on Tuesday in Washington. Along with addressing economic ties between the two countries, they were also expected to speak on issues of, in Haiti. We are extremely appreciative of the leadership that I think the Dominican Republic uh, Republican continues to show. 
For example, in combating corruption, really setting a standard for many countries, Blinken stated. Of course, we'll have an opportunity to talk about uh, Haiti and the work that we can do together to help find long-lasting solutions to the challenges that the Haitian people are facing. Blinken hoped the leaders of the Dominican Republic would lead by example in the Caribbean basin and show countries like Haiti how to maintain a stable government. This comes as Haitians continue to struggle in their homeland as they have been faced with the crippling economy and harsh living conditions, which has forced residents to flee the country. Next, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a voting bill into law, one which Republicans have highly opposed. The legislation signed by Newsom on Monday would require the state to send mail-in ballots to all registered voters for future elections. In the past, Voters had to request a mail-in ballot for specific reasons. However, the new law would allow all California voters to get a mail-in ballot even if it wasn't requested. Republicans have said the mass mailing of ballots could lead to potential fraud, while proponents said mail-in ballots made voting more convenient. They still have the opportunity to vote in person if they prefer, but the mail-in ballot is going to get sent to them uh even without them requesting one, explained Alan Bowler, professor at California State University, Bakersfield. I think before the pandemic hit, we were already to 60 or 70% of voters mailing in their vote. That increased last year. California has joined several other Democrat-led states in making universal mail-in voting permanent. Hello, my fellow Americans. It's me, JWR, just chiming in to tell you about our new merch line. If you go to redbubble.com and look up America First Podcast, you'll find multiple items with our logo on it. Any and all purchases will go to bettering the podcast and to some charities. But uh, yeah, just check it out. We got shirts, bags, stickers, pins, cups. But uh, anyway, again, this has been... JWR from America First, and thanks for tuning in, and thank you for your support. Next, Senator Joe Manchin, Mankin, however you say it, of West Virginia, reiterated he would not support any Democrat spending plans that go above $1.5 trillion. The senator from West Virginia uh, told reporters on Thursday that uh, sorry, told reporters on Thursday the plan by his fellow Democrats to spend $3.5 trillion is unstable. He added the U.S. simply can't afford it. Mankin, Manchin's, Mankin's remarks from, uh, come despite pressure by top Democrats and mainstream media. The senator said he would stand firm in order not to bankrupt the U.S. My top line has been $1.5 trillion. Because I believe in my heart that's what we can do and what the needs we have now. And what we can afford to do without basically changing our whole society to an entitlement mentality. And the other piece of legislation which they have, which is the reconciliation bill, we can maybe work something out, he said. Mencken went on to say 
Finalizing the talks on spending packages would take some time, despite calls to hurry up by the Biden administration. The senator suggested he understood some lawmakers would be disappointed by his decision to stand strong on his opposition, but noted he has different views from others. Up next, a little bit out of the uh, political stuff. The price of bacon is reportedly at the highest it's been in 40 years. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Consumer Price Index for the average cost of the slab of a slab of bacon rose 28% within the past year. Analysis uh, Oh, analysts, sorry, analysts have blamed the increase on the short supply of pigs due to less demand for them during the pandemic in 2020. Amid the COVID-19 pandemic, consumers rushed to stores where they cleaned out meat uh, meat counters. This led to the shutdown of food service channel nearly overnight. In addition, producers nervous of gaining speed in the industry with too much supply began to purchase less livestock. New regulations to be implemented in California calling for more humane farms could also increase the cost of farming. Analysts have said it could be months before prices on pork begin to simmer down. Uh, meanwhile, Adam Speck, an economist with IHS uh, Market, said he expects pork production to close out the year 2% lower than in 2020. Next. Joe Biden signed the stopgap bill in turn avoiding a government shutdown. The legislation reached Biden's desk just hours before the shutdown deadline Thursday night. Government programs and agencies will now be funded through December 3rd. The Biden administration now looks to secure bipartisan support for a long-term spending plan. However, a government shutdown could be on the horizon if negotiations break down. Both houses of Congress passed a temporary budget agreement. The vote passed 65 to 35 in the Senate Thursday before proceeding to the House of Representatives. The legislation passed the, the necessary threshold by five votes, ensuring continued government funding just hours before the deadline. Though the bill ensures government agencies will be completely funded through early December, the measure also includes $6.3 billion for Afghan refugee resettlement, as well as a $28.6 billion for wildfire and hurricane relief. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell pointed to the bill's passage as a necessary ground, uh, grounding of Democrat ideals. Clumsy efforts at partisan jams do not work, but works in when, but works is when the majority accepts the reality of the situation. He stated, "We're able to fund the government today because the majority accepted reality. The same thing will need to happen on the debt limit." Hours later, the bill landed on the House floor where it passed in a 254 to 175 vote. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi triumphantly touted the entities benefiting from uninterrupted taxpayer money. Keep government open. Keep checks flowing to our veterans and Social Security re uh, recipients and the rest, she stated. But it's about, again... Whether it's science at the National Institute of Health, the education of our children, the protection of our environment. Although a government shutdown has been averted, 
The debt ceiling has yet to be suspended. The stopgap measure has brought has bought Congress a little more than two months to negotiate a new debt ceiling. A previous vote to expand the debt limit to cover government expenses until December of 2022 was blocked by Senate Republicans. Last week, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer called the opposition irresponsible. We are not asking Republicans to vote with us to solve the debt limit crisis they've created, said the New York uh, Democrat. If they want to oppose this measure and bring us closer to financial disaster, they can write their names in the history books as the senator who... uh, Sorry, who would let the country default for the first time ever. Only time will tell how negotiations on the matter will break down moving forward. And we'll be here to keep you up. Next, more on that little bit of the legislative. 49 Republican lawmakers helped pass a portion of Joe Biden's resettlement program for Afghans. 34 House Republicans and 15 Senate Republicans voted with Democrats on... Thursday to approve a $6.4 billion for welfare driver's license, driver's licenses and housing costs for the 95,000 Afghans Biden has planned to bring to the U.S. over the next 12 months. The approval of funding comes as a recent poll shows 63% of GOP voters opposed Afghan resettlement. Senator Bill Haggerty, Haggerty who voted against the funding bill, said its provision opened the U.S. to unlimited refugee resettlement from Afghanistan with zero vetting, as well as creating an even greater security risk. These are the types of things that are slipped in legislation when the the Appropriations Committee has been sidelined like it has under the Democrat majority, he expressed. Instead of doing the basic work of the American people, Democrats have been far too focused on completely transforming the American economy and our immigration laws to cradle, uh, into cradle-to-grave government dependency. Currently, over 40,000 Afghans have been temporarily housed at eight U.S. military bases. We'll keep you up to date on that too, just like everything else. So stay tuned around for the Finally, uh, last thing, an oil spill about a dozen miles off the Southern California coast reached shore in, in what has been called a major spill. According to Senator reports, the leak was thought to have started along a nearby pipeline and spilled around 3,000 barrels of crude oil or around 126,000 gallons into the waters. The oil slick has since reached the community of Huntington Beach, which lies about 45 miles south of Los Angeles. A spokesperson for the city said the spill was considered a high priority as the city was working to lessen any environmental impact. Huntington Beach Mayor Pro Tempore Kim Carr, oh, that's a name, went on to explain we're working with the Coast Guard, the, uh, the state, the country, or the county, sorry, and all of our local conservatives, conservancies, sorry, mouse moving faster than my eyes. <laughs> uh, let's, let's take that back. Huntington 
Beach Mayor Pro Tempore Kim Carr went on to explain, we're working with the Coast Guard, the state, the county, and all of our local conservancies to do everything possible to assess the situation. The cause of the spill wasn't immediately released. Reports said workers shut down the pipeline and worked to recover the oil when the leak was discovered. So if you live around there, just be safe. Stay out of the water for a little bit and uh, keep your pets and stuff away. and uh, Just keep a lookout. That's all we have this week. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. Be sure to check out previous episodes to stay up to date and follow us on Twitter at capital S, lowercase c-m-b-a-g, capital N. Any and all profits, including sponsor revenue and viewer-donated revenue, will be, uh, will be donated to the Serious Fund Network for Disabled Kids. So if you decide to donate to us, you know where your money is going. So until the next time, America, I've been your host, JWR, and remember... Stay informed, stay involved, and keep America first.